Welcome to Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Life isn't perfect, nor is it easy, but it can be enjoyable, fulfilling, and purposeful if we choose to create it to be so. Monday Motivations is a quick and easy way to help you create the rich and fulfilling life you desire. Your host, Corey Mendoza, is a highly sought-after speaker, coach, and author, influencing professionals to get real, work less, and live more balanced lives. Each Monday, she interviews an expert in their field to find tips, encouragement, and inspiration for your personal and professional success. Monday Motivations increases your awareness of what you can do with your current situation. Your sense of empowerment will expand, fears, doubts, and worries will vaporize, and you will see more possibilities every day. Let's dig into the next episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Welcome to Monday Motivations, 52 Weeks to a More Purposeful You. Corey Mendoza here, and I have my great friend and um, the gentleman who helped set up Volition Brand, um, Doru, and uh, he's our guest today, and I'm very excited to have you on the show. We're going to be talking about influence, and um, we I'm excited for us to get started, but first, just welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I didn't say your last name because I'm always concerned that I'm going to mispronounce it. Bere? Doro Bere, yes. Bere, Doro Bere, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know Doro, um, Doro Bere was born in communist Romania, where he underwent a broad education in music and the arts. At 22, he acted on his lifelong dream of taking his family to freedom. Uh, risking his personal safety and sacrificing everything. Uh, let's see. I lost my, where I was reading. Um, oh, risking his personal safety and sacrificing every resource he had, Doro left Romania, sought political asylum in Austria, and two years later immigrated to the United States. And then for the last 33 years, you've lived here. You've been working with entrepreneurs, business owners, and organizations to help craft their brand. Um, I know personally, you completely got me on the right path with my brand identity. And it was um, it was a really amazing experience to, you know, when people are entrepreneurs and they start their own businesses, um, there's such a, it's our baby. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes we can't really see things. And, and then our businesses, just like our children kind of reflect things in us, the pros and yeah. the cons. And, and Doro, you really helped me with brand identity and personal identity. So thank you for being on the show. You've influenced me. And I think that you're going to be just perfect to speak on this topic of influence. So appreciate that. I'm humbled to be here. Yeah. Sorry. So, so what did you think about this week's topic? What'd you get out of it? Um, <laughs> so it was very um, surprising because uh, it actually, as I was telling you earlier, it mirrored something that you and I had uh, really experienced. And that is that shortly after our first meeting, after you sharing some things with me, um, I did the same thing without knowing about your book, about your chapter, about the topic I was going to talk to, uh, talk about today. So this is years ago. I can't remember even how many years ago, but 
Um, 20, I think it was in 20, um, for sure we started doing the branding work for Volition in 2013. Okay. That and makes, I don't that remember sounds... what month. I think we actually met in 2012. It's possible, yeah. And I don't know, Evangeline introduced that. Mm -hmm. us yep. in. Yeah, and then I remember uh, the first thing that after we we talked before we started doing anything, there was a topic you brought up, and I had uh, I had a book shipped to your house because I thought it would be relevant and helpful. So it's kind of in a way very similar to what Rusty had done back then, right? So uh, it's a uh, very very surprising to me to see the similarity, you know. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for those who haven't had a chance to either get the book Monday Motivations or read it, um, basically what I wrote about in terms of influence, I used a personal story um, to bring up the topic. And what it was is um, Rusty had sent me a book and he said, and, and this is before Rusty and I were married. I mean, I was actually married and Rusty was married to somebody else. And he, um, I, I had started my company and, and Stephen, my husband at the time, he had also started his company. And then Rusty sent us this book called, um, manifesting change. Mm. And, and he had said, you know, I'm really inspired by what you and Stephen are doing. And here's this book. And he was, it was just filled with with positivity and encouragement. And I hadn't seen or, you know, ran into him in so long that that surprise to get it mm -hmm. helped me realize, um, and I'll let you probably share more what you got out of the message, but it just helped me realize, you know, how much our lives matter. Like people are watching us, not yeah. like watching us, like spying, but just our lives matter. They observe. Yeah. Yeah. We observe each other. Yeah. In fact, um, I like that you went beyond the actual, um, the actual obvious question, how do we influence our audience? How do we influence others? You went, you know, into like, we are daily living out some sort of a testimony, some sort of a proof, right? And not, not only that, but we seldom ask, how are we being influenced? So I, you touched on that. So that was uh, really interesting that in such a short chapter you actually brought that up because um, we don't think very much about that we're so focused especially as entrepreneurs or business owners to like how do I make a dent how do I make an impact how do I influence so I can sell more or, or serve more people but it, it goes beyond that way beyond that so yeah so I'm happy this is a really good uh, really good topic mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and what do you notice on, on that two-way exchange about not only how you're influencing others, but who else and what else is influencing you? Yeah. So um, that's really a good question. And I think more people, more of us, uh, all of us should ask ourselves, because I believe there are several factors that influence us. Um, I also think that if you ever uh, read uh, Stephen Covey's books, um, he talks about the circle of concern and the circle of uh, influence. So these are two different concepts. And most people who sort of beat the wind with their hands are so concerned about these global issues that they can do absolutely nothing about. And they spend a lot of time and energy and focus and affection and anger 
on things that they can do so little about. Mm -hmm. It's just because it is popular. And I think my challenge to everyone is that um, let's assess what we're really being tripping about, what we're really being concerned about, because a lot of times we either cannot make a change um, or a lot of times we conveniently only listen to the topic, but we don't do a full circle analyzing, like how is this even possible? Is it doable? So I happen to have a, a bias towards everything I hear because I was born in a country that was communist, right? In a socialism regime. And I tell you the, the truth, uh, in our country, I didn't know of any person who actually took the messaging that came from the government seriously. No, everybody thought it was just a dogma. It was just some sort of a brainwashing, you know? In Romania? But yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, most people knew it. Uh, there was no real fools. But when you live in a socialism regime, um, and I'm just giving you this example because it's very obvious to me, um, really, you don't have a say so. It's you're being, you know, it's a pretty much dictatorial, right? And so, even though it sounds sounds great in on paper, it, it isn't. Um, so you you know you know that just because you don't have a say so, uh, you can't really believe everything, you know. So uh, and and go beyond like the fact of the idea that you're embracing. Is that even possible to do? Uh, does it have any legs? Can you think it through, or you're just being lazy and? accepting one thing that's being said everywhere and run with it like crazy because it sounds good. This is what I'm saying, you know, go beyond what it sounds good and figure out, is it actually good? You know, where does it start? Where does it end? So I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's instead of just embracing ideas and running with them, uh, can you analyze them a little bit and look at what's, what are the implications if we were to do this and that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to, you said a lot. And I think, I, I think what I'm hearing is from how you grew up in mm -hmm. communism, socialism, yeah. you're saying that people really did have clarity of their truth, but they had to conform and comply. Correct. So it basically embrace your limits. You're not going to fight the whole government. So, and I, I call this um, sitting down on the outside while standing up on the inside. Yeah, yeah. So like your mind knew. And then, and then I think the second part of what you're saying is that maybe, maybe in, you know, our Western culture, we don't really maybe take ownership of our mind no, just no. going through okay right. so we're more gullible i think you know it's so i would i would challenge this that if you talk to any first generation immigrant that came from another place you would find their their opinion of this country be way different than what we currently hear everywhere mm -hmm. uh, the reason we're here is because we love this country the reason we're here is because we believe in what this country can I offer you know so um the reason I'm here is because I spent everything I had and I risked not just my, my uh, life or um, maybe not so much my, my, my life, but my wife's and my family paid a high price for being able to do this. I was separated for two years from my family. I mm -hmm. saw my son for the first time when he was two years old because of the communism, because of the socialism, because of the agendas and all that. So um, I, yeah. I, I tend to value where I'm at. And by the virtue that I value where I'm at, I appreciate and I, I can fortify, I can actually leverage that for my success because I don't knock it. I, I look at the opportunity. I don't criticize it. Does that make sense? 
Yes. So yeah. in fact, you know, like all the complaining that happens here in a social, just so for those of, for those people out there who are really uh, getting caught up with it, it's in a socialism regime, you actually cannot complain. Yeah. You would be locked up. Yeah. You know, so take that and think through it. Uh, not, I'm not addressing or, or, um, influencing anybody towards a system or not. I'm just saying when you adopt an idea, think it through. Don't just run with it because it sounds good. And that's that has to do with influence. We're being influenced every day. And it so happens that in my job, branding is a, an inside job. It's it's a way to influence to gain more trust. So I have a lot to say about that. That was just kind of a a sort of in- introduction. But yeah, uh, it's um, to gain influence. You, uh, branding is the discipline to do it really mm-hmm. wow yeah no this this is so great and like we're really getting pretty deep into what influence really is and I like that even though this chapter was was not about something as large as mm-hmm. our country or humanity it, it it's both it's micro and macro Right. Right. So, right. So, I um, as I was listening to, I was actually reading your chapter, and I was thinking about the various ways that we get influence or we receive influence. Um, the first thing is that something that you said. You know, there's two ways to look at it: who and how are we influencing others? And there is a whole lesson. There are seven points that I could make on that. But then also stop and think about who and how is someone else influencing me because we're all being influenced the ideas we have we most of them are not based on our research most of them are we adopt them from others and we run with it like i said that that's all i'm saying is like if you're convinced of the idea and you research it and you do due diligence then i'm good with that but if you're just repeating something else that somebody else said uh i'm not so convinced that you got anything you know yeah so um well, so, uh, the whole ahead. thing about um, we just adopt and run, um, a- as you know, I went to um, William Jessup and I got a mm-hmm. biblical studies degree. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even an in-depth BA in, in biblical studies, but it's like just enough for me to realize one of the things I really loved, one of my professors, actually the dean of theology and my favorite professor, um, Dr. Shaper Elliott, she was always like, think for yourself. Like, because right. students go in like, well, what is what is the truth about this? And what is the truth about that? You know, and she's she's like, I'm not telling you. Think for yourself. Like, let's let's do the research. I learned about context, cultural yes. context, historical yes. context, you know, and there's and there's so many things. And I just it was a three-year journey of me unpacking i mean i i've in some way shape or form been tapped into christianity since i was four and if and some pretty diverse expressions Mm -hmm. of christianity but i just realized how much things are just adopted and ran with it that really start to like you said do the research Mm -hmm. you go wow like we're talking about it in this way for this agenda and it has nothing to do with what it is, where it started and all that. So, um, uh, there's so much we could talk about. 
Yeah, but but that's that's yeah. you you hit the nail. I mean, it, it, this is the actually think for yourself, do the research before you run with it and be loud about it. And um, you will be smarter and you'll be more convincing about it. Whatever you're believing, you if you have the research to back you up. And and we'll see if as we go through some of the points that I kind of uh, jotted down. Yeah. Uh, perhaps some of them will make sense for you, your life, your influence, your business too. You know so. Well, I'm all I'm all ears. I'm listening. I want to hear the points. All right. Well, um, so um, I mean, before before I go to any to any points, it's like there is one one verse in the Bible that that's my favorite verse about this. It's my branding verse. It's it says a good name is more desirable than great riches. Mm. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold, and that's Proverbs twenty two verse one. And for those of uh, for those who do not know who wrote that, that was Solomon, which is to this day, it's credited to be one of the wisest people or man who ever lived. So if you think about it, a good name is more desirable than great riches. So that replaces your reputation, really, it's more important than your wealth because your reputation can build your wealth, mm-hmm. but your reputation can also make you lose all your wealth, you know, to be esteemed. So that's kind of a cornerstone um, proverb for me because if we shoot for that for a good reputation and to be esteemed i think that uh, we will do things with more integrity first of all Mm. you know Um, but then there there are seven things that i can think of and we can talk little or or much about some of them but the first one would be social proof and and i and i start with social proof because i think that um it's really being utilized quite heavily now nowadays in making decisions. So, I mean, think about your typical scenario where you're going to decide you and Russ, you're going to go to a new restaurant. And probably the first thing you do is you check out some ratings, Yelp. right? Yelp, Yelp or Google or right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, now the way the social proof works is people are afraid to take a risk. So think about that, about you, your ideas, your business, if people are t- uh, afraid to take a risk, can you minimize, can you help them have a little courage to engage with you, to give you a try? Mm-hmm. And social proof is one of the ways that that's being done now, nowadays. And there's two types of that, the social proof. One of them, it's who recommends it, because a lot of times it's celebrities, right? If Oprah says this is great, you know, people tend to flock towards because it's like there's a matter of trust. And that's a transfer of trust, right? If if somebody you know who you trust says that this establishment is good, this program is good, this movie is good, you're probably going to trust it and give it a try. You know, mm-hmm. you won't even uh, analyze it very much. Uh, so that's one thing. Who recommends it? But the other thing is uh, how many people recommend it. And that's I'm sure that you've seen that. And most people do that. They look at, OK, it's got five star reviews, but it's got two reviews. Right. Well, that's that's great. That could be two anomalies or you know but if you see four or five star reviews and there's a thousand what do you think there's there's more like okay that's it's pretty safe right so that's one one way that yeah i just ordered a couch for my bedroom on Mm -hmm. wayfair today and that's what i did i was like looking at the reviews oh a 4.5 and there was like 900 versus yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean would you agree that that's that's one way that you can create influence um, because really influence is about one word. It's, it's called sway. It's mm-hmm. how can you 
push a person towards a more favorable outcome, you know, and hopefully you do the influence with integrity to where you're helping people understand what you have to offer for their benefit, because it could be used otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. But it's swaying them in one direction or another, because they're not quite sure. And influence does that, right? And so social proof is one one of the ways that that happens. Um, What do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, actually, what I'm thinking about is I it, it's almost like going back to what you're saying about how people adopt and run. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how the majority of people, you know, we just function today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the opposite part of that is like my heart about this message influence is that you matter. Like, so even if mass. Right are buying a couch. If my best friend, Sabrina, who is a designer and I trust her, if Mm -hmm. she's like, no, don't get it. I'm totally going to listen to her. Right. Right. You know, well, and and that's a, that's a very good point. So for every one of these seven, you know, criteria, there is a danger. So the danger, I think you kind of alluded to it, but the danger in, in adopting this blindly is one of them, it would be that you assume that this topical authority applies to everything. So let me give you an example. You, you trust your auto mechanic because he's a great guy, right? He, he's really competent. But then he wants to give you maybe marital advice. Right. And you know, he's never been married. You know, so it's like... <laughs> or seven know, times he's been married. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. It, it doesn't make him... Um, not an authority, but not in that field. Well, you see a lot of that nowadays where, you yeah. know, people who are artists or yeah. athletes comment on things that they've never done in their life. Yeah. And it's, that doesn't really give them well, uh, competence, right? It's even like, um, like JLo and Lady Gaga have like a skincare line. And mm-hmm. I am a sucker for getting sold. I mean, don't knock <laughs> my front door. I will buy your candy. I will yeah. buy the vacuum. I just, you know, I love good sales. Yeah. But but anyways, I go right. to my esthetician. I actually, I forwarded on Instant Messenger um, the JLo ad. And I'm like, is this medical grade? Like, I know the questions to ask. And she's like, Corey, no, because I have an agreement with her. I won't buy anything without running it past her because I've bought, mm-hmm. you know. By your friend? Yeah, my institution. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, okay, yeah. we, better, we better keep plugging. But, but that's a great point. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great I'm point. I'm going to all take, seven. Oh, we don't need to get to all seven. But the, the, the point there is that you need to ask somebody who has competence in that field, you know. Um, you know, like if we go to surgery, we're not going to choose a doctor because he looks good or I like his hairdo. It's because he's competent. I don't know. Right? Yeah. They did on friends. No. <laughs> All right. So the second number one would two. be number two. <laughs> number two would be repetition. And okay. this is a big one. So truth actually does not persuade. As polarized as we are nowadays, uh, every person and every party and every group claims they have the truth. So that's not quite possible. Because you can have 14 truths, especially if they compete with one another, right? So truth definitely does not persuade. Uh, what does persuade is repetition. Because people believe what's repeatedly said to them, the messages they get all the time. Yeah. Now, most, most people in business know that. That's why you have multiple exposure of the same thing. And that's why you stick with that campaign, right? 
because repetition persuades its influences. Um, so I, I guess the lesson there would be to stop changing your mind all the time it, because it weakens your resolve. It weakens your promise. Um, it confuses your audience so, and it dilutes your brand. So repetitions means you're persistent, but also means that you're consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's two different things. And repetition involves the element of time. So I'll see if this makes sense to you. You've done Volition now for how many years? Um, I became, I switched my Corey Inspires coaching mm -hmm. to Human Volition in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then in 2013, we dropped the human and, and then it's yeah. just Volition. But as a whole, it sounds like the- Since 2011. The yeah, so the content of what you're offering has been pretty consistent even before. You just change maybe the name of it, right? Yeah, I think it became consistent. Um, my messaging used to be all about work-life balance when I was more of a life coach. But um, mm -hmm. since 2012, it's been all about um, accessing choice in every situation. You always have a choice, internal yeah. leadership, creativity, inner authority. So since 2012, so the last decade, my messaging has been consistent, I would say. Right. So that's that creates repetition and you have the element of 10 years. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people want overnight results, mm -hmm. but they've only started their business last year and they're waiting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the, the universe, the people, the community is waiting to see what happens. Also, they want to they they're waiting to see, are you serious about this? Mm -hmm. So I would venture to say that most businesses and most individuals reap results once they establish something for a while. It's, it's becoming evident what CORE is all about. It's becoming obvious. It's well known. It, there's a awareness, there's a exposure, there's a, right credibility. Yeah. So, so that's where repetition is important rather than, you know, what are you into nowadays? What do you do nowadays? Well, now I do, I sell this, I sell this, I, I do this. You know, it's like people tend to like, well, I'm gonna wait until you see what, where you settle and then we can talk maybe. And I do wanna add something to that. I, mm -hmm. I think that in the beginning, if a person is changing a lot, whether it's their career or whatever, I think that there is a period of time where, and I'm really proud of my daughter for this. She's, she's only mm -hmm. 20, she'll be 21, but she's very decisive. Wow. And as soon as she knows something mm -hmm. is not right, she's, she was courageous, aggressive, and she makes the change. I mean, she got a great job with our good friend, um, doing in appraisals, but within like mm -hmm. 60 days, she's like a desk job is not for me. And I think her whole tenor yeah, in totally, yeah. industry was like 10 months, but, but it, the bottom line is I just want to make that note for people listening that maybe yeah. are starting something new pivot quickly in the beginning yeah don't get stuck yeah right and then it's like i make tweaks now but i'm 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 pretty much set i know mm -hmm. where i need to be because it's where i love to be so but yeah. i did pivot i mean yeah, that, I, started just I like that i like that you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that you made you specify that because it, it doesn't mean that you should you should be stuck in a joyless you know endeavor and but it just means that you pivot quickly and you find that that type of profession or endeavor or 
whatever hobby, whatever hobby, it is that yeah. brings the joy that, that you can see you make a difference mm -hmm. and it's meaningful to you and to your audience. So yeah, that's, so the danger there would be noise because too much repetition becomes noise, right? And mm -hmm. people turn you off. Have you seen that where every single email says, I would love to have your business and, or, or just like annoying, like noise, that would be the danger to repeating too often. So you kind of have to fine tune that to make sure that mm -hmm. you're not being a pest. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So I think we'll probably have time to touch on two more of the seven mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of influencing, because I want to make sure before we end, we also talk a little yeah. bit about being influenced. So what would you say would be the next two that are your favorite from your list? I think, uh, let me see. Probably, I'm going to skip reciprocity because you already talked about it in your book, but that's a big one too. Um, I think uh, environment. I mean, you talk about environment sometimes, right? Environment and uh, values. So, you know, kind of when you have kids, you, you pay attention to who they play with and, and you, you know, you, there's all these proverbs that says that kind of warn you, be careful who you hang out with, right? You become like them. So uh, part of that is that environment a lot of a lot of times dictates or determines what grows in you so if you like in an environment of anger or discontentment all the time or uh oh there's no hope for anything right right it, it's just uh, you become a little bit uh, drained and your energy level decreases and then people don't like to be around you so environment is very important um but as an application for that it's um, I think the one concept we need to look at, it's the values, because values really determine behavior. So for example, every person should have their personal values, but also every business should have their corporate values. Mm -hmm. So, um, and when I, when I refer to values, I think that we need to be careful not to embrace a value because it's popular or, you know, like if you're going to come again with sustain sustainability, because everybody talks about it or diversity, because you know, it better be a value. Nothing wrong with have that, but if you're just embracing it because it's the uh, flavor of the year, it just it, it doesn't, doesn't pan out because you're not gonna have the passion behind it. You're not gonna put the effort and it's gonna be hard to live, that, to live it out. So I think that defining the values for your business and ex explaining or maybe going further and writing the expectations, what does it mean? So I remember doing, um, an exercise for a company and we talked they talked about integrity and then um we said well let's explain what that is what is integrity and we got grabbed the whole team together and one of the ladies in a um one of the top producers there said well integrity is doing whatever you think is right to you and i look at the other folks and i said do you guys agree with that and it's like well no that's integrity is kind of doing what you said you would do you know it's so it's, you have all these definitions and whatever the definition is for you, but you better make sure that uh, that definition applies to your team, to you and your team, and it can be actually observed and you can see it in action as, as behavior, yeah. as a practice. So I would, say, I would say that that's not the way to establish influence. And here's why people relate to the promises you keep, right? Mm -hmm. If you say that we will get back to you in 30 minutes for every call, or we get back to you in two days, you know, that's a behavioral, uh, you can observe it. Mm -hmm. That's a behavioral expectation. So 
Uh, whatever you choose, make sure that there's a way for people to say, yeah, indeed, this happened 90% of the time or 99% of the time this happened. So I would say that's a big one um, for, for, uh, for establishing influence. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen that in your life played out like values and behaviors? Oh, yeah. Like, well, what I'm thinking about is, you know, starting with environment and then mm -hmm. into values. Um, I have made, I haven't made as big of a move change as you did moving citizenship and mm -hmm. countries. But yeah, sure. when I think about um, when I became a young adult and I started making decisions for myself, I didn't. I didn't know how to get clear with myself what the values were, but I definitely like would jump ship or I would like leave mm -hmm. an environment mm -hmm. to pursue change. Like I get environment big time. It's, it's very important to me. And I know that the system will always crush an individual effort if mm -hmm. it's not done with great patience, tenacity, and wisdom to create change within an environment, to change your environment, that's a completely different topic and skill set. But I think what yeah. we're talking about is that our environment is influencing us. And the longer we stay there, I do a lot of government work and mm -hmm. I will go in and there's just this thing about we have to kind of grieve reality, embrace the system. Yeah. And and then decide, am I going to stay and not be transformed into the environment? But right. be a catalyst for change, which could take decades. Mm -hmm. Or do I decide this environment is influencing me in a way that mm -hmm. I don't want to become. And just one little example is that I I did not stay in my hometown. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that's a good thing and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I, I did not stay. And when I think if I would have stayed in my small hometown, I don't mm -hmm. think that I would be who I am now because I know that environment mm -hmm. would have influenced me and I wouldn't have been strong enough or skilled enough to change an entire county. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah. much there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we so, have to do one more. Okay. Let's do one more. The, I think that another one that I would consider in creating influence and in receiving influence is trust mm -hmm. and trust uh, and likeness. Um, because a lot of times we like things we trust and we trust things we like. And um, I think dissecting that a little bit, kind of figure out why we trust certain companies, why we trust certain people. And that's really a good question for, for you and I to ponder and perhaps use that knowledge to establish trust or to see if our criteria for establishing trust for ourselves is accurate, is, is good, does it work for us? So, for example, um, one way that I found that um, it's helpful for organizations of any kind to establish trust is to really define their aspirations. Well, what I mean by that is 
not their offering, not their necessarily current offering, but what are they, what change do they want to make in the country, in the world? You know, for let's, let's say that we want everyone to have fresh water, you know, then it really doesn't matter what you do in the industry. Uh, if you're a provider or if you're a technology person or if you're a manufacturing plant, but as long as your goal is to end thirst or whatever, or to have cleaner environment, cleaner water, or, you know, uh, you actually, there's something that's pushing you forward and people trust that because they like the agenda. So a really good example of that was years ago, I was doing a, a small talk. Uh, it was like a, to a business group of people. And I spoke about something that's near and dear to me that has to do with authenticity and kind of the fear that there's nothing inside, which for a while, my business had this tagline, look inside, I don't know if you remember. And so, um, so I expressed how most of us fear that at the end of the day, when we dig deep, deep, deep in our hearts, we go to find that treasure and there's nothing there. And that's really devastating. And so we're afraid to look. And so I, I kind of shared that story as well as some of the books that kind of influenced me. And there's a person in the audience who said to me after the talk, she says, I want what you got. I'm going to buy your services. It's like, well, I didn't even explain what I do. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That was the most extreme uh, <laughs> result I've seen where it didn't matter what I had to sell, they were going to buy it. So that's really powerful because when people align with your aspiration, your big goal, BHAG, you know, like mm -hmm. Jim Collins talks about, or it, it's, it's a very important part of who you are. And it's a big, it's important because it's about who you're becoming. And so I would say that you need to be bold enough to, to articulate, this is the change I want to see in the world, you know, whatever that is. So I would say that that's, that's another way that you can get influence because people will line up. They'll say, I want to go where you're going. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. taking a different train, but I, I want to go there too. You know? So uh, have you seen that play out in, in your life? Well, I, I think right now I, I have a really old dream vision, um, mm -hmm. desire that I'm almost certain I've told you about, but I've just recently picked it up again. And like, I've been talking about it again and I made myself, I'm like, I pick in two years, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I haven't seen it played out yet. I'm sure I have if I thought more about it on a smaller scale, but as far as what do I want to do with my life, I have this dream that's so enormous. It's like a Steve Jobs level and, mm -hmm. um, and I want it to play out, but I don't yeah. know how it's going to get there, but I've just, I've had so many things go on in my personal life and I have been in such survival mode the last 10 years mm -hmm. that my my dream and and I wrote it down you know the change I want to see in the world I was more yeah. thinking of like surviving my own little world and keeping yes, business yes. going and such but now it's like how I, I have a clear vision about using my little world to changing the entire world so right yeah that's that's good well and I want to encourage you even if you don't know how it's going to be done I think that's not actually even the issue the issue is right. Do you have something that pulls you forward? Do you have something that pushes you forward? Because, I mean, do you have people who you fall in love with because or where, what they want to achieve in the world? Absolutely. Influ right? Right. And yeah. It's like that's I what I'm talking about. Behind that. Yeah. You can yeah. behind so, that. Right. 
So maybe I should tell you. Do you want? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but so I want to build the world's first personal development brand and uh -huh. I want to revolutionize self-help. So I want That's to awesome. open Volition stores. So in every strip mall in the world, I want to make I, I want to make coaching accessible to all people. So coaching is expensive. Most people don't get access to it unless yes. they work in a, you know, a fortune 500 company or a company with a budget for coaching. Yes. And, um, and then life coaching is making its way, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's out there, but, but I think the way that life coaching has unfolded in the world, it's been very similar to therapists in terms of, how do you find a good one? Like, right. Do you, it's like a needle in a haystack. And yep. so Troll what and I error, want to right? do is, is I want to open stores so people mm. can walk in, go to a Starbucks and then walk in next door. And there's Evolution. a yeah. store, there's, you know, like workshops going on. You can do memberships. You can just get a drop in session. There's, you know, different types of coaches, leadership coaches, relationship coaching, career coaching, addiction coaching, you know, just all the things. And, and the way that it would revolutionize um, self-help is, is right now, what do we do for self-help? We, the two main ways is we go to a therapist, but we usually, there's a lot of stigma. There, mm -hmm. there are barriers. There's barriers before mm -hmm. you get there and, um, just accessibility. I mean, just this past week, a major situation happened in my family with a family member and just knowing my family member, it would be so easy for him to just walk into like like a store and right. start getting help but instead it's like file insurance get into a program go through this assessment it's like the accessibility is not there and and I'm really fired up about this because we don't have to look for like a cure for cancer the cure is there we have the tools it's it's yeah. a it's a different form of illiteracy right like it's, it is yeah it, it's like the answers are there. There's so many tools, there's workbooks, there's this, there's that. Like, And it's like, it shouldn't be like your fancy that you have a life coach. It's like, so like Steve Jobs, when he's like, I want every home in the world to have a computer. I mm -hmm. mean, people thought he was nuts or think about any of us. Think back when cell phones first came out, like it, it was not real. Nobody would ever thought every 12 year old in the world would have a cell phone. Or, right. or every person on public assistance can have a cell phone. Like right, cell phones right. are accessible to all people. Imagine if your own one-on-one -on -one coach to help you navigate past issues, current opportunities. Like I just, so that's my dream. That's awesome. And I think you did mention some of this to me when, yes. when we talked, right? I've been so thinking about this since, yes. yeah, since 2010 and yes. 11. When I yes. got a taste of coaching, I was like, the whole world needs this. You always have a choice. I remember that. And, you always have a choice. And, and, and you have all the tools that you've put together that we built some together, remember? And yeah. I think that it's just democratizing, you know, bringing it to the masses and making it accessible to. Uh, making, yeah. it yeah. making it affordable. Making it affordable. Like, People's coffee addictions are a good two to 300 bucks a month. It's like, right, right. For, you know, people have gym memberships, you know, people have massage envy memberships. Right. I was thinking about that. Yeah, exactly.
you know, yeah. so, so maybe we start over the phone. I don't know. But I want a brick and mortar store in Roseville. Yep, I'm for it. <laughs> okay, so influence. Um, yeah. so, your, so your last one was about influence through trust and likeness. Um, so as we as we start to wrap this up, I mean, you you gave such great points on um, how we can influence others through social proof, through mm -hmm. repetition, through our environment and values, and through trust and likeness. Right. Um, I really would love us to just maybe finish for the next like two to five minutes max. Cause I know our listeners, you know, they don't want mm -hmm. it to be too long. Um, yeah. so how, what are some maybe last words, um, of inspiration or thoughts to ponder about not so much influencing others, but how we are being influenced? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that I am very moved by knowing that most of us struggle at times with feeling insignificant. Mm -hmm. And when we feel insignificant and we act insignificant and we focus inwardly and we just think me and my and, you know, myself, um, we limit what can be done through us. Mm -hmm. We think of ourselves small, so therefore we perform small, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that the encouragement would be, and hopefully it is inspiring, it's if you think of yourself um, and you find yourself thinking like, what, what I do, it doesn't matter anyways, right? It's like fatalistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, scratch that, eliminate that. You know, just the, the examples you've given and examples that are out there available in books where you read stories about people who made big difference in the world. Uh, you could be one of them. Don't discount yourself. Don't discard yourself. And what you do, like you said, people observe, people notice. So we do small things, bad things, things that we're not proud, proud of because we think we don't matter and we're just going to numb our pain. But if you think of yourself as, like in a case of, let's say, maybe a Christian person, you're a child of the king. You are, like C.S. Lewis says, uh, an eternal creature. You're not a mere mortal. Mm -hmm. Then there's a weight on you. There's a weight of responsibility saying, what am I doing with this precious life? Like I've heard some other people say that I have. What am I doing today? Because what I choose today will make significant, meaningful difference in the life of others. Even if it's just by example, what do my kids see? What do my friends see? Are they encouraged by what, by my perseverance or are they discouraged by it? So I would think that um, that should serve also as a way for you to guard yourself against influences that tell you otherwise. You are important. Everyone is important. There is no higher class or lower class. Everybody that's human is created. That's what we believe in the absolute image of God. Mm -hmm. That is heavy. And that is give us responsibility to act like it. Mm -hmm. So I, that's, that's all I can say. You're going to make me cry, Doru. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's the perfect closing of this topic is 
you know, we, we matter. Every single person matters, every single person and every, every little thing we do. I think that, um, social media can be such a wonderful and powerful tool for Mm -hmm. us to share authenticity and real life. And we can share, um, connection. And I think it's important. I visited family this past week and my aunts, we were together and one of them was like, she, she just made a comment that was a really lovely comment and kind comment to me that, you know, you're always, what are, what are you guys up to? You guys are always have so much great things going on. Like, and, and we were all together for a, a painful situation. And, and I, I go, well, Hey, I go, yes, we are always upbeat and always, you know, posting all the positive, but I was like, I I go, I don't post the days when I feel like my life doesn't matter. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and I, and I just think, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to be able to balance what I share and post mm-hmm. because people need to see the truth that, you know, we are all children of God. We are all created in his image mm-hmm. and we have all good days and bad days. And sometimes our greatest influence is when we share how we overcame right. or were helped through the bad days. Right. Right. That's good. That's really good. Thank right. you, Doro. This was wonderful. It was so great to reconnect and yes. um, yeah. And everybody, you know, thank you. Please, please know that you matter and um, kind of like what was in the message, reach out to those that, you know, they cross your mind, send them a text, send them a message. Um, mental health is a big thing that, you know, there's just so many people right now that are struggling and uh, my 25 year high school reunion is coming up and part of me is like, I'm too busy. It's, you know, and I'm like, no, I want to go because I want everybody in my class to know they matter. And it's worth driving there and carving out time to connect with some of these kids. I went to school with since kindergarten and we graduated high school, you know, so do it. You can do it. It'll be hard for me to do that, but for you, you can still do it. I know, Romania, huh? Do you still stay in touch with some people? Some, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And everybody, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you, Corey. Good seeing you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Did this conversation spark something in you? Did you have an aha moment? Share it with us by writing a review on this episode on your podcast player. Help us get the good news out in the world and help others find this podcast by giving it a five-star review. And be sure to subscribe to the Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza podcast to not miss the next episode. To learn more about Corey and her brand, Volition, visit choosevolition.com.